Okay, good morning, everybody. Over here, it is morning. It is morning over here. I'm just getting set up. Just give me a few seconds here, and uh, we'll be ready to go. We'll be ready to go. One, two, three, four. We are getting ready. We are getting ready. We are getting ready. Good teaching today. Very good teaching today. Like they all are, but this will be a little bit different. And please uh, write your nations. Write your nations. Write your nations. Write your nations for me, please. Write your nations. I like to see where you, you're from. Some of you I know, I recognize you, obviously. Some of you I recognize, but write your nations, please. Please, please, please. Pretty please with sugar on top, as they say here in Canada. And I think I'm ready to go here. I got the big, I, I put it on the big, big screen. I don't know why I never did that before, but it looks, it just adds a little bit to, uh, the live streams here, uh, as a background. So once again, we're coming live. We're coming live from Oshawa, Oshawa, uh, Durham region, Southern Ontario, Canada, the nation of Canada, the continent of North America. And, uh, this is actually, um, let me see here. This is actually our live stream number 54. 54. And of course, we transform these into YouTube videos. And we also make podcasts out of them. So, uh, so it's not just for Facebook. And, um, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. And, um, so let's just wait here a little bit. Let's just wait, let some people get on board. I just, I always put a little post saying that I'm, we're going live soon. And of course, I put a post the night before, uh, to say, uh, the date that I'll be going live, but I never put the time because the time is never the same. Here we're 10 a.m. in the morning. And I tried to make these as early as possible over here so that the, they're not too late when we get into Africa and when we get into Asia. So let's just wait here. People are coming on board. And please write your nation. Write your nation. Kenya. Kenya, Kenya, Kenya. Where is my Kenyan flag? All right. I got my Kenyan flag here. No, that's not my Kenyan flag. This is my Pakistan flag. This is my Kenyan flag. Kenya. Kenya. See? I got the Kenyan flag. Kenyan flag. All right, maybe I'll put it around my neck. Hey, that's all right. Okay, so anyhow, those who are coming on board late, well, you can just watch the live stream all over again. Um, so I had I had begun to make a list uh, regarding ideas for Facebook live streams, and uh, the list is going to grow. And um, this one stood out to me last night that I'd written quite some time ago. And that was the missing doctrine of self-deliverance in most local churches and Bible schools and ministries. All right. So the missing doctrine. All right. So of self-deliverance. 
And Uganda. Uganda. All right. All right. All right. So we got Kenya. We got Uganda. I'm going to get my flag out here. Uganda. Make sure it's not upside down. There you go. Uganda. 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 Good. Good. All right. So uh, I came across the term self-deliverance years ago from a preacher. And uh, I thought it was really good. And I didn't understand it the way I do now. And even the way he taught it was not quite as accurate as it should have been. Pakistan. All right. Pakistan. All right. We got all the, we got all the flags here. There you go. Pakistan. Pakistan. All right. See, there you go. Pakistan. All right. I got, I got the, I got the flags around my neck. All right. That's good. Nations. I'm wrapped in nations. Well, I'm going to nations. Uh, all right. Anyhow, maybe I should take these off. All right. So, self-deliverance, I wrote here, is sinless perfection really attainable in light of all the sex scandals that we have plagued in the church in the last 50 years or so? All right. So, sinless perfection and self-deliverance, they go hand in hand, and we're going to look at that. And like I said, especially in the last 50 years, probably a little bit more than that, but we've had a smorgasbord or a buffet, an epidemic, a pandemic of sexual scandals, not just financial scandals, not just moral scandals, even though sexual scandals and moral scandals, they're basically synonymous, but sexual scandals, all right? Now, not too long after I got saved, <clears throat> I began to buy books, lots of books. And I remember, I still remember the day I had picked up this book. And I can't remember the name of it. I think I got rid of it. And there's a whole chapter that was devoted to, um, by a preacher, by a pastor, saying that he was getting a lot of, um, a lot of young men into his office for counsel or consultation regarding them struggling with sexual sin. And basically his answer to them was, you're going to struggle with sin as long as you live. You're going to struggle with it. All right? And when I read that, I can't remember exactly my, my immediate response in my heart, but I still remember that when I read that, it kind of put a, a fear in me, yet at the same time, there's a part of me that was rejecting it. Because see, when I got born again, the moment I got saved in 1994 in Drummondville, Quebec, which is a province in Canada, it's right next to Ontario, east of Ontario, I got delivered. I got delivered from sexual 
promiscuity. I got, I got delivered from all kinds of things, but I got delivered from sexual promiscuity. All right. I got, I got delivered from sexual sins. All right. Self gratification. That's a type of fornication. Promiscuity. Um, I got, I got totally set free. I got totally delivered supernaturally. All right. And when I read that, I'm going, what am I, am I going to go back to that? Am I going to have to struggle with that? Like, I mean, I wasn't, it wasn't a part of my life anymore, like at all, like zero. So long story short, over the years, I discovered that if I lived a certain way, I wouldn't have to go back to my vomit like I saw many young men do. Uh, when I started attending church, different churches, mostly charismatic evangelical churches, word of faith churches, um, I came across a lot of young men I was trying to connect with to make friends. Because I was at that time, I was only in my thirties, early thirties, um, but they're all basically all struggling with sin, especially self gratification. And I had I had an issue with that. I I couldn't connect with them. I just couldn't because it didn't seem to be a big deal to them. And one of their main excuse was, well, you know, that's. Basically, what the Bible says, you're going to struggle. You don't have to give in to it, but you're going to, you're going to keep fighting. You're going to keep fighting. You're going to keep fighting. And one of the verses that they would use, now I didn't, I didn't, I don't have any notes this morning. I wrote a few verses. We're going to look at a few verses, but one of the, one of the references that they're using for this was what Paul said in Romans 7. Where he says, you know, the things I want to do, I don't do. And the things I don't want to do, I do. Right? Well, and I still see that verse or that portion of scriptures popping up on social media regarding sexual sin. But Paul, in Romans 7, if you read the context properly, Paul was talking about his days as a Jew. Like I would talk sometimes to, when I give my testimony, I would talk as in my BC days, before I got saved, how I used to do this, how I used to do that, and then how I got born again, and I got set free from all that. So that's what Paul's talking about. He's talking about as a Jew, he was trying to keep the law. Remember, he's a Pharisee of Pharisees, the whole thing. And he was trying to keep the law. But he couldn't keep the law. Because he said he saw another law working in him. The law of sin and death. Working in his members. And then that's where he gets to. And then he says, oh wretched man that I am. And then he gets into Romans 8. Right? Regarding being set free from the law of sin and death. By the law of the spirit of life. Which is the law of the new nature. By the Spirit, of course. The Holy Spirit. All right? So, all these years, we have these sexual scandals. Big preachers, little preachers, 
well-known preachers, not so well-known preachers, you know, just pew sitters, young men and women, not just men, women too, you know, and obviously they don't know what to do about it or they don't care or they just give up after a while. They give up. And I, I've met people personally, I mean personally, 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 that were gripped. They were gripped under the control of sexual sin. Promiscuity, pornography, you know, and it just, stay away from me. Stay away from me, all right? So, let's look at our first verse here regarding self-deliverance that will lead to sinless perfection. Because a lot of people don't believe in sinless perfection. Now you have to remember, sinless perfection originates back in the garden. Alright? And then once man lost God's image, God restored back onto the earth the new nature, the nature that Adam had through a new Adam with the indwelling spirit. Now that nature, which is the divine nature, which is a nature that has no corruption in it, born of incorruptible seed, has no sin in it. Because we're the righteousness of God in Christ. We have God's righteousness in our union with Christ, in our union with that new nature, we have the righteousness of God, the sinlessness of God in that nature, in our recreated spirit, not in our soul. All right? So, once you have that new nature, you've got to do something about the soul, which is the mind, the will, the emotions, the intellect. The will is a big part of it. And the Bible tells us what to do about our soul. If you read, if we go, and I, these are verses I've looked at before, but this fits perfect with this teaching today. If we go to Ephesians 4, Ephesians 4, starting with 22, Paul is talking to believers here. He's talking to people that are born again. Now, how long had they been born again? I don't know. Some longer than others. It's always the case. No matter where you get a group of Christians, uh, unless they're, they all got born again the same day or something like that, but overall, like in a local church, whatever, you got people that have been born again maybe a few days, a few months, a few years, some been saved for 30, 40 years, whatever. But Paul is writing to believers here. All right? Now, in verse 22, in verse 22, Paul says, by the Spirit, amplified here, strip yourselves of your former nature, put off and discard your old unrenewed self, the old man, which characterized your previous manner of life, 
and become corrupt through lust and desires that spring from delusion. He's talking to believers. All right. And he goes on saying, and be constantly renewed in the spirit of your mind, having a fresh mental and spiritual attitude. Verse 24, and put on the new nature, the regenerate self, the new man, created in God's image, in true righteousness and holiness. All right. So here we are. Paul is talking to believers regarding their mind. In verse 23. And like I said, the mind is part of the soul. Now, the word spirit is in there, but he's not talking about the human spirit there. He's talking about, and that, um, he's talking about the spirit of, of your mind. All right. Well, your mind, your soul, unrenewed soul, your unrenewed mind is the part of you that has sin in it. All right. That's the part of you that needs deliverance. All right, so let's move on here to James, James 1. This is going to really help, or it should help, many people. James is after the epistle to the Hebrews. James 1, James is writing... To believers. Now, if you read the whole epistle, you'll be going, especially the first couple of chapters, you'll be going, wow, it's almost as if he's talking to unbelievers. No, he's not talking to unbelievers. Some preachers say that, but no, that's not true. He's talking to believers. All right? Especially even when you get into James 1, um, verse uh, 13, 14, uh, talking about temptation. 13, 14, 15, 16. All right. Every person is tempted when he is drawn away, enticed, and baited by his own evil desire. Wow. So you can have evil desires as a Christian. Yeah. But that's not in your recreated spirit. That's in your unrenewed mind. That's in your unsaved soul. All right. So let's move on to verse 21. The Amplified here says, So get rid of all uncleanness and the rampant outgrowth of wickedness, and in a humble, gentle, modest spirit receive and welcome the word which implanted and rooted in your heart. So the word as a seed, Luke 8, 11, the parables, contains the power to save, to deliver your soul. All right? So he's talking about getting rid of all uncleanness, all uncleanness, and the rampant outgrowth of wickedness. Wickedness. He's talking to believers. All right? So, there's no excuses. If you've got uncleanness in your life, if you've got the rampant outgrowth of wickedness, you can get rid of it. And that's where you get into what we call, some of us call, self-deliverance. All right? The word, the word implanted, implanted, sown, which I teach a lot on, sowing the word, which has the power, contains the power to sozo, to deliver, to say, to sozo, your soul, which has to do with your mind. Going back to what Paul said 
in Ephesians. All right. So let's just skip them down to verse 25, because it's all part of this. But he, whosoever, talking to believers, who looks carefully into the faultless law, the law of liberty, talking about the word of God, and is faithful to it, I looking into it, that's how you get into the Word. That's how the Word gets inside of you, by looking at it, meditating it, speaking it, listening to it, day and night. So it says in Psalms and Joshua 1.8, and is faithful to it and perseveres in looking into it. Looking into it. Looking into the Word. I spend hours a day now. I used to do it, but I'm spending hours looking into the Word, God's promises, speaking them, listening to them, but looking at them with my eyes for my transformation. The Lord gave me a word years ago, you're transforming to what you're saying, to what you're looking at. There's a transformation taking place. Looking into it, being not heedless listener who forgets, but an active doer, he shall be blessed. Now, I like... I like the New King James or the King James. They use the word work, doing the work. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not forgetful here, but a doer of the work, of the work. What work? What work? Implanting the word. Implanting the word, going back to verse 21, it takes work. You watch, you watch. When you start giving yourself over to hours a day of sowing the word, planting the word in your heart, renewing your mind, looking into it, persevering in it, you're going to find it's work. All right, and that's what he's talking about here. It's all about self-deliverance. So you can come to this place of this quote-unquote, sinless perfection so that we can walk as Jesus walked. A lot of people want to walk as Jesus walked. They don't know how to get there. And some think they are getting there, but they're not. Because when you start walking, when you start seeing some of the fruit in your life, in your ministry that Jesus had, supernatural fruit, then you'll know that you're starting to walk as Jesus walked. Not until then. Not until then. And this is a real problem in the church. And I'm I'm called to this. This is part of my calling. I'm a defender of the faith, but I'm a reformer. All right? The Lord told me I'm going to use you to bring discipleship back into my church. Well, this is discipleship at its best. In most churches, they don't even teach this. It's not even on their radar screen. Bible schools, oh my goodness, you know? All right, I got to wrap it up here. Let's look at one more. One more, this is a long one, but this is good. This one here is really, it's super duper, and that's at Second Peter. Second Peter chapter 1. This is a humdinger. So I don't know if you guys have seatbelts out there, but you better put on your, your spiritual seatbelt. <laughs> Because this is a humdinger. All right. Second Peter 1, 
two to ten. I'm going to use the King James, the New King James, because the Amplified is a little too wordy and it's too long to read. Now, it starts with grace. Verse two, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Then he goes into verse three, talking about his divine power. All right, divine power. Then in verse four, he talks about exceeding great and precious promises given to us so that we may be partakers of the divine nature. Now, we already have the divine nature in our spirit. Well, we want to get that divine nature transferred over into the soul because we're spirit, soul, and body, right? So, and verse 4, why? Partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. The corruption. So we're surrounded by corruption. Obviously, it's a no-brainer. But we've got corruption in the church. But there should be no corruption in the church. There should be none whatsoever, like zero. All right? Because there's no corruption in Christ. There's no corruption in the Holy Spirit. There's no corruption with the Father. There's no corruption in the Word. There's no corruption. But incorruption. Incorruptible. So he goes on verse 5, talking about giving all diligence, adding to your faith, virtue to virtue, knowledge, etc., etc. And goes on 5, 6, 7, adding all these different things once you're born again. In verse 8, it says, if, 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 conditional, if these things that he just mentioned, Peter just mentioned by the Spirit, if these things are yours and abound, and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So you can be barren. You can be unfruitful. And there is a lot of barrenness and unfruitfulness in the church today. Verse 9, for he who lacks these things, talking to believers, you can lack these things, and a lot of them lack it. If you lack, for he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Wow. He's talking to believers. This lines right up with what we read in James and what we read in Ephesians. Regarding wickedness, uncleanness, it all lines up, all written to believers. Verse 10 is the clincher, the clincher, not the clinger, the clincher. Therefore, brethren, male and female, if you look it up in the Greek, brothers and sisters, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure for if you do these things that he just wrote, going back to verse, basically verse 2, verse 3, you will never stumble. You will never stumble. The Amplified has, you will never stumble nor fall. Never stumble. Never. I didn't write this. 
God wrote this. And I have to say that I've never stumbled sexually, morally. I'm not perfect yet in my soul. That's why I'm on another 40-day fast. That's a big part of mortification transformation. This is part of that. Mortification transformation regarding self-deliverance, regarding sinless perfection. You know, I got issues, character issues, but sexually, I've been clean for 30 years. Clean with my eyes, with my mind, and with my hands. I've been clean sexually. All right? And that's not just for me. That's for each believer, no matter what age. And those are just three. There's more in the Word of God that teaches these things, but these are three big ones that I, I'll i be teaching a lot on because this has got to stop. This has to stop. What's going on in the church, a lot of places in the church, it has to stop. Because in Ephesians, in Ephesians 5, it says... Paul says that Jesus is coming back for a glorious church without spot, without wrinkle. Yeah, that without sin. Let's just say so. Let's just call it out what it is. Spots and wrinkles, all these different things he's talking about there, it's sin. Got to get rid of the sin. And this is how you get rid of the sin, through self-deliverance. You don't have to wait. Some people, well, you know, I, I don't go to a church where they can pray on me and they can get rid of the stuff for me. Well, you know what? You can get rid of the stuff yourself. All by yourself. By spending time in the Word regarding who you are, what you are in Christ. Start meditating that. Don't work on your behavior. Work on your believing. Start renewing your mind regarding who you are in Christ. What you are in Christ. And eventually, you're going to start seeing yourself. You're going to start seeing parts of your life change for the better and not for the worse. You're, you're going to look, it, it may not happen, you know, as quickly as you want it to. And it depends how much you do every day. But you're going to start seeing change. That's called transformation. And then you're going to start seeing that you're no longer drawn to certain things that you shouldn't have never been drawn to to begin with. All right? So this is called good news. This is called good, good news. This is called great news. All right? So, got to go. Got to go. I've been at it for a little bit, for a little over half an hour. Almost half an hour. Anyhow. Got to go. And... um as I always finish my teachings, I always encourage each and one of you to learn what it takes to walk in the fullness of your sonship because there's no sin in your, in sonship. There is no son because there's no sin because Jesus was the firstborn, right? For, for God's firstborn son from the dead, right? So we're born of him. We're born of the spirit, right? So the Holy Spirit, there's no sin in the Holy Spirit. 
He's not going to lead you to sin. No, he's going to, he's trying to help you. But you got to get into the word. You got to get into the word. Because he wrote this. Well, he didn't write it. He inspired it. Right? The Holy Spirit. He's the one who inspired this book. So he uses this book. He's the performer of those verses. He's going to help you with it. So give yourself over to those verses. Get those verses on the inside of you. I teach a lot on that. How to get the word inside of you. Keep speaking it. Keep meditating it. All right? So learn how to walk in the fullness of your sonship by learning how to walk in the fullness of the grace of God and of the faith of God because it's faith that gives access to the grace of God. And we got our sonship back by his grace because we're saved by grace. And once we got born, once we got saved, we became sons. We became children of God. All right. And all of this has to do with going from being a child of God to a son of God. Big difference through self-deliverance. And once you get into that sonship, that whole realm of sonship, that's where you get into this whole realm of sinless perfection and walk as Jesus walked. You think Jesus sinned? You got to be kidding. He was tempted in all ways without sin. That belongs to us. May take you a while to get there, but it's doable. Amen? Gotta go. So I thank you again for watching and some of you send me encouraging words. I appreciate that. But even if you didn't, I'd still do what I'm doing. And we're moving on to bigger things, greater things. And, uh, shalom and amen.